90% of the success that I've had comes down to just having not given up. student I'll just have you introduce yourself very briefly if you wouldn't mind yeah amazing thank you for having me I'm Omaima Ramsey I'm a makeup artist in Los Angeles and also the founder of Omaima Skin my skincare brand um, and in case you can't hear it I'm not <laughs> from LA I'm from England <laughs> and I made my way over to um, California some some years ago, six years ago. Brilliant. Awesome. Well, I, we met on set and I find you to be such a lovely person. And so like listening to your experience and just everything, how you've began this career is so fascinating to me. So I wanted to share it with other people. So I guess we'll just start from the beginning then with when did your interest in makeup begin? Oh, I mean, I, it's, that's such a funny thing because it's like I never realized that I had an interest in makeup but now looking back even when I was like quite young I would collect up as many skincare products or as many like makeup products or beauty products and I would love having like a shelf full of them like when I was 10 years old or 8 years old or even younger I thought it was so cool and I remember that but then I ended up I was at art school to be a painter and um when I was when I was studying I was studying fine art at university and I got I got interested at one point I think it was also like I was painting and I was quite I was quite young and so at one point I was like oh my goodness I don't I don't really feel like I have something of value to say yet as a painter and I think that as an artist it's really important to feel like you have something to say that's of, of value and that's you know something that you feel ought to be um communicated and heard and as as a young you know 20 something year old I was like I just didn't feel like I had enough life experience where I would really understand it and it kind of scared me if I'm honest you know yeah, it scared me <laughs> the idea of you know me locked up in a paint studio or an art studio and like it kind of scared me the idea of being alone and like not really knowing and so then at one point I was like oh makeup that that's kind of fun that's like painting but with people yeah I, no absolutely absolutely it's so funny yeah. what oh sorry go ahead no that was it really and then I ended up studying makeup for like four years yeah <laughs> three three-ish years I got a bachelor's degree in makeup because you can study it at university in England <laughs> which I think I mentioned this to you already and I'm sorry to be redundant but I think that's so interesting but also I just um well for lack of a better word interesting but also proves how there is value there it's not one that I think in the American school system I feel like arts and education here are so under underfunded for one but yeah. it definitely, I, I thought that was so cool that you had like a proper ex, like education for, because makeup is an art and I think it's so fascinating. Yeah. But I was going to ask, what was your like class schedule like in university oh, when yeah. you were studying makeup? Well, 
It was really fun. I mean, I was at the London College of Fashion, which is part of the University of the Arts of London. And it's it was really fun. It would I just remember the classes were so cool. Like we would have classes on hair and on makeup and on prosthetics. And because the degree I was taking, I was quite interested in in film and television at the time. Mm. And um, I did work in film and television for some time at the beginning of my career. And then I ended up in fashion, which is, you know, how we met. (laughs) And um, I... And yeah, it would be, I'm I'm trying to remember my university. (laughs) Sorry to put you on the spot. No, no, it was great. We also had like film studies and, and, you know, the university campus is really cool because it's spread over London. So I don't know how well our listeners will know London geography, but like one of, one of my, um, I don't know the term for it in American, but like one of the sections of the course was like film studies and so that kind of module was were like lectures that we would go to in one of the campuses like buildings were right in Oxford Circus which is like a really central part of London yeah and then there was like another place that had like a big library that was maybe in Holborn. I think there was another, yeah, there was another section that I would study in Holborn that was, that had a really big library and it was really cool for the film studies section because you had students that were not just in the um, hair and makeup for film and television diploma, but also students that were, had like film studies as part of theirs because it was this thing where you could, choose like whatever you know your pop culture kind of section and so there was that section and then also we had over in shepherd's bush they have a really big um area and that had a huge lab and it had a huge like lab that you we could train for like prosthetics and it had the kilns and you know all of these things and it had also rooms for wig making and you know big makeup rooms and we'd and they had photo studios and equipment you could rent and it was really quite magical because you're in this kind of time where you're like cool I don't know anything about anything but I know that I want to learn <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you're kind of in the mix with all these other people that are also like studying fashion photography or fashion design or whatever and so you kind of end up collaborating with all these people who are going to work in like crossover industries with yours and you know then you end up just working together quite organically because you're in that same like education environment when you're there to learn and that's it's quite magical you know yeah no it sounds like such a special experience I when I was studying modern dance my first year of university and I was with all of these like nursing students and like pre-med students I always felt so silly unnecessarily for you know doing an arts education but there's so much value in it it really is special (laughs) so I so I love hearing about your experience and what you said about how it just organically grew to be and what you said about the crossover industries I think especially in the fashion industry and every it's also interconnected there's so many moving parts which I didn't realize until you're kind of in it and I'm barely in it and it's like whoa there's so much more here than what meets the eye 
But so from your education then to working, what was that transition like? Yeah, I mean, for a while, I still had like a real job. (laughs) Real job. (laughs) Real job. Yeah. You know, and I I had a real job in London for a bit and I was building my portfolio because, you know, you have all of this like, you know, you fresh, you know, out of school, you're like so full of ideas and, and things that you want to do, but not really the relationships and the experience, you know, and I had a friend of mine who he was a family friend of mine, actually, and he st- he was at the National Film and Television School, which is quite a prestigious, like, university for film and television directors, cinematographers, you know, and so on and so forth. And um, on his degree, he was making a lot of short films Mm -hmm. and for his kind of thing. And so then he started working with me and was like, oh, you're new, I'm new, let's be new together. Do you know what I mean? And you just kind of make friends that way. And I think for people who are new and wanting to build a portfolio and so on, that it's a really great way to to make relationships with like with other people that are like so willing and so like so thankful to have another person who's like up for some mutual help you know like like having having a, a new like if you imagine back when you were brand new didn't have a portfolio and then if you got like a fashion photographer student who was like had a cool, cool aesthetic and so on and so forth and was like really needed cool models. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That, that's like, that's really cool. And so I think those kind of things happen organically. And then at a certain point, I was like, OK, I want to move to America because that's really cool. And I remember <laughs> it was this like it was this like okay, Mima, this is your first big, like, decision. If you go left, it's going to be one way. If you go right, it's going to be totally different. Totally. And it was either, I remember it so well, it was like either you're going to go to New York mm. and and I was, because I got accepted into um, Juilliard have this uh, wigs department. I know everyone loves Juilliard. I know it's such a like uh, like <laughs> house name here. I feel like so Juilliard had this uh, wigs department where it was like an internship for wigs, and they were going to pay me maybe like two hundred dollars a week or something yeah. very minimal, but they were going to pay me like pennies and give me a visa and so on. And it was like either I was going to go to Juilliard and work in their wigs department. Or I was going to go to Los Angeles and do Hollywood. Yeah, I, I, I just I was about to ask. I feel like or I'm so I feel like everyone maybe has this idea of what like LA is like and like the glitz <laughs> and the glamour and then you get there and it's like not quite maybe <laughs> as, as I don't know. I, I what was your well one, why did you choose first, I guess, LA over New York? Yeah. So I guess, so for me, I remember I had just worked on a theatre production in the Wigs department in London of um, this show that ran for a bit and I was in the Wigs department and it was kind of the same thing that I had with painting where I was like, this is actually quite lonely. Yeah, yeah. Because a lot of wigs is done ahead of time and then the resetting is... um, 
you know, the you come in in the afternoon before the matinee, before any of the talent are there, you reset it and then so that on, on the night they can put it on themselves and you wouldn't necessarily even be there to help them fit the wig and so on. Yeah. And, and um, you know, theatrical for uh, plays and shows that, a lot more dramatic, I would yeah. like to say. <laughs> it was just my experience, or at least that one particular show was more dramatic. And um, can I so ask you, what show it was? You know, I actually can't even remember the okay. name. No, that's great. I was just wondering. I can't even remember the name, but it was like it was a this big real, melodrama. Like, it well, it's you know, it was this like sixties. It was the 60s shows, and so it was lots of really cool hair and mm. cool stuff, but it was just a bit like, anyway, it wasn't the lifestyle that I wanted. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, okay, so that's a big decision, and I decided at that point to close that door. But it was so funny how sometimes closing one door just opens another in a way that you just never imagine. Yeah. And like then I started in film and television and in, uh, sorry, continued in film and television in in Los Angeles and it was really really I learned so much in those first few years and it was one of the best best experiences and then I I ended up again closing that door and ending up in fashion which I love and adore yeah absolutely I want to hear the thought process between each closing door so to speak I feel yeah. like I get so debilitated when making decisions, <laughs> especially big ones. But was there any anxiety moving from wigs to film to fashion or did it just kind of feel like a natural progression? I mean, I feel like at the beginning, there's so much anxiety in anything you're doing because, yeah. you know, like it. There's whenever it's like the beginning of something like. I mean, there are some jobs that I still get nervous on when it's like a really big client or a really big publication or, you know, a really big deal. And, you know, I get nervous, you know, and I think that's natural. And then eventually with anything, you've done it enough times, you gain enough confidence and then it and then it kind of goes away. And I think that um, I I've said it a lot that I think that if you're not willing to let go of clients you know you're not focusing on your things big enough like you're not focusing on big enough goals because it should be that you're so busy regardless that you have to let go of clients yeah Yeah. (laughs) you know and so so I think that eventually you know there were so many of these people that I would do makeup for and that I'd be like oh my god I can't lose them I have to be available for them I have to put them first and but the truth is that a lot of the time, like, they like to get new people every now and again. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but then, like, you still having worked with them opens a door to so many other people. Like, yeah. you know, like, like, you you were in Vogue print, right? And that yes. was, like, your first editorial, yes. right? And, like, how cool is that? Yeah. But, you know, Vogue have to showcase many models and many concepts and, and so on and so forth. And so, like... You don't want a portfolio just a Vogue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Having diversity, so to speak, in clients yeah. and brands. Does, exactly. it, does it feel like, I guess I was going to, my first assumption was that it feels almost like a breakup moving on to more clients, but is it more just like a mutual yeah. time to move on? It's not even like a mutual, it just kind of organically happens, yeah. you know, like, and then it's like, 
And I think also it's so easy with to feel so dispensable as a freelancer. Because yeah. um, we kind of truly are. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. you don't want to hire me. Like, all right, there's a hundred thousand other people that we can hire. So, yeah. but, you know, like, I think that knowing your worth and really doing something that you enjoy and having fun with it as yeah. well, just like... It, it, it is what it is and you just keep on you keep on keeping on you know yeah. I think 90% of the success that I've had comes down to just having not given up absolutely <laughs> and just keep showing up you know yeah I think that's what it takes especially in an industry like this comparatively to people who are maybe doing something more traditional so to speak where it's like you have that you go to school and then you get this degree and then you start here you know it's very much laid out but with something creative it really is you can't predict what's going to happen like you the word that keeps coming up is organic it just happens there's no way to predict it and that's the fun of it like you're saying and it but it does take grit and determination to not give up because it is hard you know it's hard and it's a funny thing also because you are you know, in our industries, you're, and for a lot of jobs, really, you're working for someone else. Mm. Like, even when you, when you model, you are building somebody else's brand, you're making someone else's clothes look good. You know, you're helping them sell their products so that they get, you know, bigger, better, greater money, you know, all of it. But there is also that mutual thing of like, it, it gives back to you. And so you get that, you know, like your own personal growth, but it's important to have that balance as a freelancer. And I think it's something that I've constantly had to work on of like, okay, you know, knowing that you're working for someone else, but still having your own purpose and your own goals, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. What advice would you have to give to people who want to pursue makeup or want to pursue freelance work? Yeah, um, I would just say, spend your time in the sandbox you know there's like there's something really to be said for spending your time in the sandbox and like learn your craft practice on as many people as you can um and really like observing by working for people who are like assisting Mm. or um you know seeing how you can learn when I first when I first moved to, to LA I worked for a director for about a year and she she was quite a new director and I was helping her in production and um and she she had she's amazing she was she was a red carpet stylist before mm-hmm. and then transitioned over into directing movies and commercials which is quite a funny like transition right it's kind yeah. of like what I did in reverse yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I went from film and television into fashion she was like fashion into film and tv yeah. but um it was it was this amazing thing because she was so brand new um that we were doing absolutely everything in house i was doing makeup i was doing sometimes i was styling i was doing costume design i was pulling permits for filming i was making call sheets i was doing all of the above (laughs) i was you know making lunch i was getting coffee orders i was doing it all from the very bottom to the very top i was producing like helping her build um how do you call it like uh Oh my gosh, I've gone blank on the word. Decks for like shooting yeah. schedules, 
um, you know, helping her make treatments, pitching PR, getting her publications. And so I got this really amazing period over a year where I was just learning everybody else's role. And I think that that's also really important where you gain this awareness of like, okay, I have to know my job, but I also have to have an awareness of like, you know, what does a photographer need from me? What do mm. I need from him? How, how, what is that relationship? And what does he need from other people? So that I know that I'm not, you know, getting in the way or not getting in the way enough. And, you know, you really have to understand and learn everyone's role around you, not to the point necessarily that you're the photographer, but right. to have awareness of what's going on around you so that you're, because, you, you know, in our group, we're like, there for the day as the pro and then you leave so you're constantly having to like show up as if you guys have you know have this smooth operation as if you've worked together for years you know and then that's it you're done yeah no it really is um there's so many dynamics that go into it and like you're saying just being a smooth operation even if you're all coming up on set meeting for the first time but it strikes me that there was a period of almost resume building, so to speak. It kind of goes um, earlier to the notion of what I was saying. I think even for me with modeling, it's like, oh, I'm going to come out of the fences swing. But really there is like a learning period. And I think it goes back to my question that I didn't quite ask about what your perception was of Hollywood or LA and then actually being there. Yeah. I mean, I feel like when I came, I I didn't really have a preconceived idea. I had been to LA one time before in my okay. life, maybe twice, twice before in my life. And um, so <clears throat> I kind of had an idea. I did a movie when I f- like first arrived that was like straight in there. And it was one of those experiences where I was like, great, I just got a job. This is so easy. And like, day one in fact day minus one I fell flat on my face and like really the whole the whole movie like I should have I didn't qualify for the job whatsoever and I should have never got the job but that (laughs) particular job I I learned so much from that that I I was like I I would do like these 14 hour days where you're on set on this film and and then after I was like oh my god I have so much to learn that I would go home and stay up all night watching YouTube videos on hair and watching and getting my you know five friends that I'd made in LA to come (laughs) over to my house so that I could practice hair on them yeah you know these different things and I just you know there's you, you're only going to know the, the areas that you don't know by going and doing, you know, and then you practice and then you're like, oh, okay, hang on. Actually, now I, now I have some confidence, but there's a little bit of like, if you never fail, like, how are you going to improve yourself, you know? And I think that's really important to be like, especially when you're in your sandbox period, like be willing to fail and then like go learn from it and come back to it and, you know, get stronger and yeah. you will. Absolutely. It seems like there's a learning curve, but it is like, it's inevitable. Like you're saying, you have to fail in order to get better and to learn. Totally. It's brilliant. So your skincare brand, amazing, phenomenal. How, what inspired you to create it? And what was the process, the origin, all of the above? Yeah. 
well, I'd wanted a, I'd wanted to have a, a skincare brand for, or some skincare makeup, cosmetic, something um, for a long time. And right when I was at university, I took some classes in um, formulation and I took some classes in um, brand development and so on. But I always felt like, you know, it wasn't quite the right time. And um again, sandbox, you know, <laughs> and, um, I, my, my dad, um, was my, this is kind of funny backstory, I guess, but, uh, my dad has always been my number one, like anything I would say I want to do, like, he'd be like, I believe in you. You can do it. Go get it. Absolutely. Without question. Yeah. Don't let anyone let you believe you can't do it, you know? And, um, he passed away a couple of years ago. And then after that, I was like, I really want to, I was like, I really want to do that. And my dad would, and I would hear his voice, you know, being like, you can do it. Amaya. <laughs> and um, so I began on that adventure and it was a really beautiful way for me to connect with um, my heritage being Egyptian because the brand is, um, it kind of is, it's about my, the things that I learned from, about skincare from, from being Egyptian and being Middle Eastern. And, and, um, when I moved to LA, I, I fell in love with face oils. They save my skin and I've been obsessed with face oils, um, since living in, in such a, you know, dry, hot climate. And, um, and they they're really quite magical and so then after that I started developing my own face oil and you know I really loved the process so much um and you know for a long time I've mixed different oils trying to get the perfect one and I could never quite get the one that I really wanted and so it was really amazing for me to like find the thing that I wanted in my head and make it come into real life like that's quite magical as a process and it was one of these things that were it was on the back burner for about a year Mm. and then covid came (laughs) our best friend yeah absolutely (laughs) and um covid came and I'm not sure if you remember this period but it was there was a time where they were like great so models and actors are going to have to have boyfriends that can take pictures of them yeah and they're going to do their own hair and makeup and styling and everyone's an influencer now. Yeah, exactly. It was, yeah. going to do any period films and, you know, it was this whole thing and I was like, cool, I'm never going to work again. Like, how is this ever going to happen yeah. as a makeup artist? Like, this is a long haul, so I'd better adapt or die, like Hannah, mm. if you know that film. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> and so I was like, okay, this is it. I'd better this is my time I have three months of nothing so might as well go for it you know and it was really fun it's been an adventure (laughs) absolutely it's so so um I'm trying to find the tender doesn't feel like quite the right word but really (laughs) wholesome I guess is the word that I'm looking for hearing you talk about just your dad and how he was your number one cheerleader but also I think not so many people are as fortunate to have parents who really encourage them to do the risky thing or the creative thing or, 
you yeah. know, so it's, I think that's one brilliant that you had the foundation in order to do that. And then like you're saying, I feel like the pandemic really made people, um, sort of, uh, I guess, pursue the things that they had been putting off. For me, it was therapy <laughs> that I had to start, not quite as exciting as a skincare, skincare line, but how did you, I'm so interested because you're so brilliant in what you do and in your craft and the experience or the process of mixing oils. Yeah. How So formulate, what was the process of then, I guess, formulating yeah. your own? I mean, I've worked with so many oils that I'm like obsessed with for a long time and that I would mix and, and you know, whenever I would be in Morocco, I would buy bottles and bottles of prickly pear oil, which is, is a huge ingredient in my oil. Yeah. And, um, argan and these various different things and I've, I would be obsessed with see books on oil and so I'd blend them together and make these concoctions and like even when I was doing makeup I would take different oils and blend them and get the perfect consistency and I, I would struggle a lot with like a lot of oils being too heavy and not not like and leaving skin feeling greasy and I wanted the benefits of oils but when you really work it just right it it like with with my oil it's it's really like a lightweight oil that's got like a lot of nourishing softening protecting um factors to it and it, it's quite magical but then working with a lab is also amazing because yeah. you know it's like i've got my decade of experience working with faces and people and then mm. they've got their 10 years of experience of formulating and and creating so you put that together and you have two decades of experience coming together you know yeah. and and so like I I think that like it's just such a, an amazing thing to work with someone else's experience as well because you get double the you get double the the experience and you get double the the point of view and 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 so on and so forth but formulating was so much fun when I went to them at the beginning, I said, you know, this is a really long list of things that I absolutely don't want in here. Mm. So like, keep away, Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I knew I wanted it to, to have certain ingredients. And I knew that I wanted it to feel a certain way, smell a certain way, do certain things, absorb a certain way. I wanted it, you know, to, um, I knew the color I wanted it. I knew yeah. so many things. Um, and and I knew things that I didn't want in it. And then they sent me like a couple options as starting points. And I was like, way off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, this is it. not it. This is <laughs> not it. <laughs> I was like, that's cute, but no. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, amazing. <laughs> and then I said, oh, well, what if we took X, Y, and Z from this one and A, B, and C from this one? And let's show me another two options of that. And we did this about 17 times. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> and and, you know, I had this amazing luxury, which was that for about a year up until COVID, by the time COVID hit, I actually had my formula 90% nailed. Oh, brilliant. And so for that year that we were doing with the samples, I had this incredible opportunity that I'm working with different models every day. So mm. I would go and try it and all these different skin types, all these different people who, you know, you models the skincare pros. <laughs> we try to be we have to be <laughs> you know what's good you know what's not you are the person who has really good makeup artists really terrible makeup artists and everything mm. in between yeah and you know like you know I think so many models like really value and appreciate where 
the the products are not like super synthetic they're not really um you know harsh they're not drying they don't break them out and you know because like if you get a really bad breakout that can ruin your next next client relationship you know if you show up to work with terrible skin like that's not cool yeah i know (laughs) know? it's such a strange like job requirement but it is necessary and I can attest I've had your oil on my skin and it's absolutely magnificent thank you I I am curious I know it's a vegan like clean brand what was the or what was the significance for you in having that like what was the importance well I just knew that if I was going to put my name on something which I did yes quite literally (laughs) I did um that I wanted it to be something that like I'm proud of and I wanted it to be something that's not going to harm anyone and you know personally I I I eat as much organic as I can because the you know it's you get it's it's just I, I think that when you break down what glyphosate does in farming, it's not a very good thing and round up and, you yeah. know, and so I think it's quite an important thing. And when I moved to America in particular, I, I um, really struggled with it's, you know, I grew up in England and in Europe and so on where there's very different regulations on the, on the food and, and cosmetic requirements. And so I was like, well, I just want to, be better and set a better precedent and I want something that people can trust and that's it is non-comedogenic so it means which means it doesn't clog your pores and it doesn't if you're breakout prone it doesn't cause you breakouts um and um you know I wanted these things that I'm passionate about clean beauty myself and I think that if we have an option to have a better version why not take it you know absolutely it's so interesting it almost goes back actually to what what america values versus england as far as beauty goes and as far as makeup and skin goes um as far as the ingredients that we have banned here which are very few and far in between versus um england and if you compare to asian countries etc but with um you mentioned that it was inspired by your egyptian heritage what is um what what are the skin standards or beauty standards in egypt as far as ingredients go and all of the above yeah i mean like well for for my brand in particular like it really takes from my um from from the fact that you know the middle east and north africa it's a very desert region in the most part and um so a lot of the i mean my mum lives in morocco um and so we have a farm there and it's a vegetable farm and so i've spent a lot of time there and for a long time they made uh olive oil and now they farm organic vegetables for um local hotels and they have a farm to table kind of thing where you can come and you can have um you know pick your food and then you learn how to cook the food in the moroccan style that's awesome it's really a magical thing. And so, um, you know, whenever I've been there, I've, I've just learned so much. And there is such a rich culture from uh, the Bedouin people who are the nomads of, of, of uh, the Saharan and Levant and the, you know, that area and those regions. And, um, you know, those, those areas really do have this these amazing plants and these amazing uh oils and they've used oils pretty much since the beginning of time as 
as the first forms of skin protection. Um, And it's quite amazing. And I think it's really amazing also like argan oil, for example, which is native to Morocco, um, has this amazing factor whereby the argan tree by being planted protects the desert from expanding. So it, it keeps the water continuing um, because the trees, the roots of the trees go into the desert or beneath it, beneath the, the ground and they draw up water and keep it going. So it keeps the area alive. Right. Yeah. And so it's this a magical ecosystem that happens where, you know, the, the argan tree in particular, it, it, it feeds these goats that live on the trees. I'm not sure if you've seen it, but Uh there are specific goats that live there and the goats eat the argans and then the goats actually poo out the argans (laughs) and then the people collect up the argans and obviously clean it up. Yeah. The the seeds and and process them and then use the oils for food. It's a delicious oil in salads and then also in cosmetics. And then the tree itself keeps the water supply going to keep the area alive, which lets people live there you know yeah. and um so it's a magical ecosystem and and the same goes with you know the cactus cactus seeds and and uh moroccan tansy is a, another one that's just an amazing it's you know it's a, an amazing protective nourishing softening um ingredient it's i i'm so i've never ever knew any of this before and it's so <laughs> it really is um it's such a whole system and it's I think when people see you know the bottle of your oil they don't I mean just as a consumer you don't think of the 17 samples that came before it and all the processing and then going back to the literally the very roots themselves it's so so special and you've been doing amazing too with this when did it officially when did you officially launch a little over a year ago. Okay. Well, I was yeah. going to say, you've already, uh, you've been in Vogue. Your skincare yeah. has, which is so, I just want to geek out about that. What was that? Did you know prior to that it was going to be in the article? Or that yeah. Was, I, okay. Well, you know, like the thing is that with Vogue, like there's, they have such a, it's so prestigious mm-hmm. and, you know, they have, they so know what they're, customers and their readers are looking for so like in I you know was like 90% 95% sure but I was like yeah okay don't bank on it because that 5% is still a big percent and they can pull it at any time until it's out you know and and um and that came from my relationship with the beauty editor whereby you know as a makeup artist she she uh mentored me about is with Arden who is the coolest person by the way she's so cool um and she's the I think the digital beauty editor for Vogue and she mentored me like six years ago before I'd worked in fashion as part of a makeup program that I did and she works as a beauty editor for Vogue but then also for lots of other magazines and like when I was on on the beginning of the rise, she was she would get me as like a, a makeup opinion and a beauty mm-hmm. opinion for all of these different 
articles. So they they have like a bridal magazine called Over the Moon or a black bridal platform blog, you know. Yeah. Uh, called Over the Moon by Vogue, and she would she's had me on that many times, um, speaking about like, oh, okay, you're having like a euphoria themed yeah. uh, wedding. Like, what what products can you use? What this can you use? And da 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 and she recently just had me as a beauty expert for uh, Vanity Fair, mm. which was so cool, um, talking about uh, bronzers. And we did that. And that was really cool. And then she reached out to me. And she was like, oh, I'm doing this piece for Vogue. Do you want to be in it? And I was like, mm, yeah. You're like, yeah, no doubt. Like, absolutely. No question. Yeah, of course. And, yeah. um, and, and, you know, we were talking in that about various different things. And I was like, hmm. I'm going to offer my product as like an option, but it was in, in the mix of like 30 other, other yeah. products. And I was like, well aware of the fact that I was like, you know, yeah. it just, you know, like if I'm like putting this out there, but like, I am not going to be offended if it's not the right fit. And right. then it was. And, and, uh, you know, and so I'm just so grateful for these kind of relationships that, that I've got in my beauty industry and from working as a makeup artist and, and, you know, I just think that it's, it's actually a really cool community that we have. Absolutely. You know? Yes. I mean, I think I am barely dipping my toes in and it's everyone has been so graceful and kind and so just brilliant and intelligent. Like I'm so like the beauty expert is such an obviously fitting title, but it is such an interesting one of really being an expert in aesthetics and knowing what consumers want and what how to achieve a certain look with product. I, I just think it's so, I'm like marveled by everyone. And again, what strikes me is, again, the word organic. Like there's, I feel like it, nobody, um, how do I say this? It feels like, any relationship that I formed has been very, oh, I'm trying to think, it just like very genuine, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And like when I met you, I had a sincere interest in everything that you had to say. And it's been so, I mean, we're not done yet, but it's been so great <laughs> talking to you about everything yeah. and hearing more because as the model, I only see or only have a certain perspective of, okay, somebody's putting makeup on me and then I'll stand and pose. But yeah. I, you know, everyone has um, such a journey getting to that point of being there on set that day. And it's, I, I know I sound like a little kid that's just like entered a candy oh. shop, but it is such a special thing to be a part of like you're saying and congratulations and being in vogue and having this amazing brand it's really truly brilliant and I'm so proud of you and um yes of course um okay last two questions yeah so relating to both makeup and skincare what is your overall philosophy with them how do you see them as relating to one another because I feel like they are often separated from one another you know, so what's, what's yeah. the rate my philosophy? Well, my philosophy is that when you have great skin, the confidence that you get is so much more than the confidence of great makeup. Mm. Uh, and that's the way that I felt personally, that like when I'm doing, when I have great skin, like, and I know that I'm in the best, best, my skin's in the best shape, it's hydrated, it's this, it's that. I'm like, wow, I just feel like a million bucks. Mm. And, um, 
I think it makes makeup look even better and you can't really have great makeup without great skin. Uh, And that's my philosophy. And I think makeup is so fun and so amazing also. Uh, And, you know, makeup and skin, they're interdependent, you know, like they really are interdependent. And if you have like, you know, bad skincare, it can like, you know, peel and like, you know, have you ever had that where, where you skincare product that you're like oh no my makeup's rubbing off yeah yeah totally you know whatever and I just think that it's it's so important that we protect our skin and you know that's that's my beauty philosophy and I think that with makeup like I think makeup is so cool to like express yourself and who you are and what you want to say and and it's really your physical voice you know Mm. and um same with clothing and styling and I think it's really really awesome um and I love makeup so much and maybe one day I'll have my own makeup brand or section or something but I'm I'm so thrilled with just having my one product yeah absolutely (laughs) you know we start with the base and then we'll work our way out absolutely absolutely (laughs) well you have obviously a bright future out of you and I would love I would love if you did makeup as well I will be your first customer and always here for it but my final question is and if I phrase this weirdly feel free to ask for clarification um but how do you relate and manifest beauty oh I love that question how amazing (laughs) well I see I I I think in everyone that I look at, I see something beautiful. Mm. And I think a lot of that is to do with, even with yourself, like you got to find something that you can validate as correct and you can validate as good and positive and you got to find the good in things and you got to see that and then it becomes more and you get that confidence that that is something good. And, you know, if you're looking in the mirror every day and, nitpicking all the things wrong with you rather than all the things right with you that's what you manifest and I think it's really important to see the best in others and the best in yourself and all it's going to do is make you shine more you know absolutely absolutely you're such truly a beautiful person and you have such a gentle presence and I feel so lucky to have met you and to get to speak to you today it really is I feel like I could listen to you talk for ages and ages, but I know you're busy and I know you have, <laughs> I know you have jobs to do and places to be, but thank you so much, seriously, for thank being you. here with me. Same to you, my darling, you sweet girl. Thank you. You're going to be just fine. I hope so. I, I haven't, <laughs> haven't helped me. haven't helped me. But <laughs> yeah. no, it really has been so brilliant having you. So thank you. Thank you, my okay. dear. Okay, speak soon. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.